I'm Dr. John Tam, and welcome to the Career Change Advice Podcast. My definition of the good career is one that is aligned to who you are, whether it's clocking an 80-hour work week or having a job that just passes time so you can go home and spend it with your loved ones. I believe that a good career works for you and not the other way around. I promise to support you with every single episode with sound career advice for positive change, whether it's minor tweaks or a full-on career switch. Let's begin. Welcome back to my channel, the best place for hardworking and ambitious millennial professionals who feel stuck in their careers to find their dream careers. In my last video, I broke down how to read a job description so you know exactly what soft skills and hard skills to put in your resume. In this video, I'm going to teach you how to actually put these soft skills and hard skills in your resume. And my fifth tip is actually a super tip that will actually attract recruiters to come to you, rather you going to find these recruiters and you know giving them the resume and hoping they'll give you an interview. Make sure you subscribe and click the notification bell to receive regular updates on all things related to career change. Also, join my Facebook group, Career Change Advice, where you can chat with like-minded people who are interested in making their careers work for them and not the other way around. Hi, I'm Dr. John Tam. I have a PhD in sociology from Oxford and I'm passionate about helping millennial professionals find their dream careers through gaining clarity and building soft skills. So without further ado, let's talk about how to put soft skills and hard skills in your resume. So without further ado, let's get started on how to put soft skills and hard skills on a resume so that you can get that job. Step number one is to set a target and decode a job description, right? And I'm not gonna spend too much time diving into this because I talked about this in detail in my last video. So go back and watch it if you haven't watched it yet and you don't know how to set a target and how to break down a job description. But basically, in a job description, there's BRs and PRs, basic requirements and preferred requirements. And you need to figure out which ones you have, which ones you don't, and make those keywords a priority on your resume so that you can be featured properly. You can sell yourself and market your skills properly. Step number two is, depending on your situation, you need to choose the proper resume format. There's typically three resume formats that are generally agreed upon, right? And then of course there's others that are more niched down to different disciplines and different industries and so on. We're gonna focus on the more mainstream ones. The first one is the traditional resume and it's basically if you've been in that line of work in that career path for a while, stick with a traditional resume because that's exactly what recruiters and hiring managers are expecting. When they read your resume, they expect to follow a Z pattern. I don't know if it's reversed, like if it's on the camera, if it's reversed, it's gonna be this way. But basically the rule of thumb is in six seconds, they're more or less gonna figure out whether you are the right person for the job or not. And the traditional resume makes it easy for them because they can just scan it this way and pretty much figure out whether you are the right person for the job or not based on the soft skills and hard skills and experience that they're looking for. The second resume format is what we call functional resume and a functional resume kind of breaks this whole process up and functional resumes are actually the best for non-traditional candidates. So if you're making a career switch from one industry to another, whether it's a functional switch or industry switch or a double switch, and I talk a lot more about this kind of switching in a video and I'll put that in the cards above where I discuss where really there's only five options when it comes down to making a career switch. But when you are making a career switch and you're not a traditional candidate, you want to use the functional resume format because it breaks the whole process. It's like, wait a second, this is not, this is not a traditional resume. And then they have to look into it in more detail. And what a functional resume does is it features what skills you have first, and that's like 
at the very top, whatever key skills. And at the bottom, you can then put down your experience and make it less of a prominent feature. And this type of approach is very useful for some types of people, right? If you are a job hopper, for example, focusing on the skills you have rather than the experience that reveals you to be a job hopper is probably something that you want to hide. And I talked about that at length in a video, which I'll put in the cards above. But basically, if you're a job hopper, you come from a non-traditional background, or if you are coming back from long-term unemployment, you know, and that long-term unemployment could really be anything. It could be like taking care of your parents, could be taking care of your kids until they're five, and then, you know, and then they're in school now, and then you can finally go back to work. It could be a variety of reasons, but basically, functional resumes are pretty good for that. Now, I do have to make very clear, though, that functional resumes are kind of annoying for recruiters and hiring managers because they don't really like us. Like, wait a second, this is, make this is actually making it difficult for me, right? They're used to skimming in six seconds, I move on like three piles, yes, maybe no pile and then you know moving on quickly right but if you put in a functional resume they basically have to like uh oh, slow down break their flow and then focus on whether you're the right candidate or not and then it's not very honest sometimes they feel so traditional hiring managers or recruiters may not like this but at the same time there's the benefit of making them take pause right so it's kind of like a situation where it depends on the job you're applying for is it more traditional or is it more non-traditional right third format is hybrid format and the hybrid format is basically a combination of a traditional and a functional resume that really features your skills but doesn't really hide your experience as well. And using a hybrid resume is more like striking a middle ground between functional and traditional resumes. And I'm not gonna go into details on how to write it and everything. You can just seriously just Google it. There's a million templates online for this. So yeah, I'm not gonna go into the details for that. And honestly, a blog's probably a better format than a YouTube video for that. Which brings us to step number three. Depending on the format that you chose, follow the conventions of that format in terms of the industry in terms of the function in terms of your geography right and it may mean creating a section for hard skills and soft skills it also may mean listing out specific software or platforms that you've used in essentially like an alphabet soup format right it depends on your industry if you are in it support they care more about whether you've implemented these different softwares before and so therefore you gotta do the due diligence to do the research and figure out okay should i just write it out like alphabet soup or should i you know make it very nice and tidy and put it under each job description that you've ever worked before right and basically based on that research, you figure out what to do. So conventions matter. You need to figure out the convention in your industry, in your functional role, and in your geography, right? How people write their resumes in India or China or North America or Europe would be very different. And what you do makes it easier for the recruiter to follow that. And the best way to learn about this is actually to conduct informational interviews. And I'll put a video on that in the cards above where I break down basically how to conduct informational interviews and how to find out everything that you need. But basically from those contacts in their informational interview, you can actually learn more about how to better feature your resume, right? And by following these conventions, you make it easier for the hiring manager or the recruiter to read your resume and feel like, okay, this person is an insider to the industry. What conventions are common in your industry, function, or geography? Let me know in the comments below. The fourth step is to highlight proof at each stop in your career. So for every skill that you have, soft skill or hard skill, you want to feature them. And like I said before, all the soft skills and hard skills that you're featuring are already those that are relevant for your target job. Don't just find like any random soft skills or hard skills. It has to be the ones that are relevant for your job. And basically based on those, 
list out the achievements, the awards at each step of the career. And it's best if you quantify those with numbers. So one thing that you could do is I've increased the ROI by 50% at my position in whatever, right? Or I've been top of sales for my region, province or state or whatever for the past five years. Something like that would clearly outline that, hey, that's a pretty major achievement and that's something that you should share with people. If it's like a huge achievement, like winning a Nobel Prize or being in the Olympics or whatnot, then you wanna put those at the very top, right? But for specific minor achievements related to soft skills and hard skills, you wanna put those under the specific stops that you've been at. And since these are things that you're featuring in your resume, what you need to do next is to prepare your references to talk about these soft skills and hard skills. So before you walk into your interview, you need to let your references know, hey, I'm going for this job and these are the key skills that they're gonna ask me about. And I want you to talk about these things in a reference check because sometimes, you know, you find references and it may be like 10 years ago that they've worked with you or five years ago. And they're like, okay, I, I'm gonna talk about random stuff. This guy's a nice guy, this girl's a hustler. They, you know, they get stuff done and so on. Instead of letting the cookie crumble in whatever way, you know, random way that it may crumble, it's best to let them know, feature these soft skills, feature these hard skills, because they're gonna check me on this. And these are things that they're gonna talk about in the interview. And so by doing that, you actually greatly improve your chances for reference checks, for the interview, for the resume. The fifth and final step, which is gonna be the difference maker for you, is to not stop only at the resume. You need to add these keywords, these soft skills and hard skills keywords in your cover letter. You need to add it into LinkedIn. And it's even better to take a skills test on LinkedIn to prove that, hey, I actually am skilled in that. And if you're not familiar with what skills tests are on LinkedIn, they're basically tests that you can take on LinkedIn that's native to their platform that you can answer questions to and prove that you are proficient on that platform. At least as I'm filming this video, if you fail on these tests, it's actually not that big of a deal because you get to take a test again in a few months, but this may change in the future. Regardless though, there are skills tests on LinkedIn to show that, hey, I'm pretty good at the skill. Also, you can ask people for endorsements, right? If people endorse you, give you that extra plus, it's a huge bonus to your profile. I would actually recommend people to get 10 to 15 endorsements for their key skills that they want to feature. This creates a separation for the recruiter or the hiring manager to see like, hey, this person is actually pretty good and other people are willing to back them up. Last of all, get recommendations, right? Have recommendations on your LinkedIn for the key skills and if possible, get the people who write the recommendations to put in the key skills that you want them to feature for you. That way, when someone looks over your profile, it's like, oh wow, this person is pretty good at this. And sometimes this doesn't even have to be on LinkedIn. This could be on any social media platform. So for example, if you are in film editing, the platform for that is Behance, right? For Adobe Premiere Pro, anytime people are featuring their stuff, they're gonna be on the platform Behance. And that's where you want to put these keywords as well. Because if the hiring manager is going to look for someone to edit film for Adobe Premiere Pro, that's the platform where they're gonna be looking at. So the bottom line is this, the best way to get an interview, to get to that next stage in the job search process is actually to go beyond the resume put it throughout your social media profile so that when a recruiter looks on LinkedIn and searches up these key terms, they will find you first because you're gonna be featured there. And you gotta think about it from the perspective of recruiters, right? 
they are pressed for time. They got a position, they got to fill. And sometimes they put a job posting out and it's, you know, they got 200 applications for one single job. Half of them automatically get filtered out because of the applicant tracking system, the robot, the ATS. The other half, you know, they have to go through and then figure out, okay, yes, no, maybe. And then they shortlist 20 and then they interview five, right? If they do that process, it's a very long and tedious process. Sometimes if they just want to fill a position, the quickest thing for them to do is actually just search for those key skills on LinkedIn and find whoever pops up and reach out to them and say, hey, you interested in a job in this, right? And therefore, that's why it's so important to optimize your LinkedIn profile so that these opportunities come to you when they do arise. And this is worth mentioning, even though it's common knowledge nowadays, that the hidden job market is a real thing. Only about 20 to 25% of the available jobs on the job market are actually ever advertised for a number of reasons. And therefore, if people are looking to hire for a position, they're searching for people. They're not waiting for resumes to go into their inbox so that they can sift through them, right? It doesn't actually spark joy for recruiters. So therefore, in your case, it's best to optimize everything with those soft skills and hard skills keywords so that's not only in your resume, but it's throughout your profile. With that being said, my question for you is this. Are you enjoying the job that you're doing? Are you enjoying your career? If you don't like what you're doing, I highly recommend you to take a free, quick, and accurate career personality test that breaks down what job characteristics are the best fit for your personality. Because a lot of times, you know, beyond the toxic environment or bad bosses or bad leadership and, you know, just bad people around you that makes your job miserable. A lot of times it's a lack of alignment between who you are as an individual versus the job role and job content of what you're doing on a daily basis, right? The job function. Essentially, this personality test breaks down what are the best characteristics of work for you and what things you should avoid. And beyond the human factors of bad leadership or toxic people and so on, on why you hate your job, I highly recommend you to check out the video which I'll put in the cards above on the scientific reason on why you hate the job in terms of the content, the role, the function, and so on. And definitely check it out because it's a scientific explanation that breaks down the human psychology so that you can actually find work that you love. Also, make sure you join my Facebook group, Career Change Advice, so that you can be in a community of people who are interested in making their careers work for them and not the other way around. Okay, now that you know what to put in the resume, what about your CV? Do you even know what the difference is? In my next video, I'm gonna break down for you what's the difference between a resume and a CV. So make sure you subscribe and click the notification bell for updates for when it comes out. Also leave a comment below and let me know your thoughts about this video. Don't forget to give this video a like and share it with your network if you found this to be valuable. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate and review this podcast and share it with others who want their careers to work for them. Congrats for showing up and being your own career advocate today. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.